This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host, and I'm here with in the flesh, uh, in, yeah. in person for the first time in a little while. But uh, right. back, got to get out of your pajamas today, Sam. I I'm know. here in person. I know, I know. I've got to actually leave the house. <laughs> so uh, here with Dr. Richard Blackaby, uh, as always, and uh, today we're going to look at uh, a very famous, uh, well-known scripture uh, about how God works all things for good. And uh, I I uh, think there's probably been some abuse of this uh, yeah. over the years, and I'm sure yeah. we'll get into that. But um, yeah, maybe before we, we start to unpack that, speaking of things working together for good, I think as of now, your beloved Sabres are undefeated. Well, thank you, Sam, and for I just bringing that up, because they played that. tonight, so I need to get this, we need to get this in the, on the airwave now. And 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 much to my uh, surprise, they've actually played, and, and they've <laughs> and been are undefeated. Un- and undefeated. Yeah, they were undefeated all summer, but... Yeah, exactly. So but now so, the season has begun. I, I hadn't realized that that the season had begun, <laughs> and so, uh, but uh, you know, well, you'll take whatever joy you can from from your sabers, and uh, yes, I, I, you seize it when you can. But I would say two things about that. One is, since you brought it up, uh, <laughs> one is that we, uh, I, it's been kind of fun. I've gotten to know the chaplain to the Buffalo Sabers, and great guy. He's a pastor in the Buffalo area, and uh, and I've actually been sending him our experiencing God day by day devotionals and he's mm. been giving it out to the team uh, the Christian players and players who would like one and and he's given them all away they and he's asked for another box load of them so I, I I'll just I'll just say this since the Sabres have been using our day by day devotional they have not lost a game mm. so um, you know Coincidence? You, you, you can connect the, the dots <laughs> if you will uh, and we'll we may have to do uh, a podcast on this in terms of leadership because it always fascinates me when a new coach can come in and in fact he actually lost this new coach lost probably two or three of the top players they had last year and yet so far at least they're they're doing better they're playing i'm sure they're going to lose some games but uh but they're actually playing better than they were when they had better players if you will but they're playing as a team. And so I'm always fascinated by what leadership can do where a coach comes in with basically the same personnel, but he gets different results, better results. And yeah. you have to say it, it has to be leadership because you, you've got the same tools to work with. You're just getting more out of them. And so we'll see. We'll probably throughout the year, we'll have to return with commentary, uh, <laughs> wailing and well, weeping yeah. and gnashing of teeth at some point but uh but you never know this could be this could be the this year this could be the year i've said that for over <laughs> for half a century now <laughs> yep well with uh with that prelude out of the way um yeah. we'll dive into uh today's topic and and we'll save the uh coaching strategies and yeah. uh, leadership at least uh, till they get to the tame 10 game mark or yeah something. yeah for another time well you know you're right uh, uh, R- uh romans eight twenty eight says uh we know that all things work together for good for those who love god who are called according to his purpose and that has been a beloved cherished um verse in the bible 
but it's also been often uh, badly misused, misapplied. And yeah. so I want us just to talk a bit about that because it is a very encouraging verse. You just need to apply it properly. And so, you know, I've, I have been with uh, business leaders who were Christians who loved the Lord, but then, uh, were un- then they were laid off, maybe even unjustly fired by someone that was antagonistic toward their faith. And it, was, it seemed uh, cruel. It seemed unju- unjust. And then the person went unemployed for a number of months, uh, going through financial hardship. And they're, they're saying, but if God loved me, why would he, number one, let me get fired? Number two, leave me unemployed for all these months. Uh, number three, facing these financial crises. Uh, how can a loving God let me suffer like this? And I've also known pastors that were unjustly fired uh, by maybe a carnal group of elders or deacons. And, uh, and this was a godly person who loved the Lord, was trying to serve him. And then the worst kinds of things happened to them. And, and so, of course, people want to try to understand this. Why did this happen? Why would God let this happen? And, um, and so, I, you know, sometimes people can say, well, you know, maybe there's sin in my life. Maybe uh, God is just punishing me because um, there's something in my life that's displeasing to him. And so he let me get fired and maybe he's trying to get my attention or, or maybe it's spiritual warfare. Maybe I'm right doing what God wants me to do. And that's why Satan is just uh, attacking me so, so fiercely. He doesn't want a Christian witness in my workplace or he doesn't want our church to become healthy. And so this is just Satan pushing back. And, you know, I should have expected that if uh, I got serious with God. And then some people just say, well, it's just evil. The world is just filled with evil. And uh, and it's just inevitable that e- darkness is going to resist light. And uh, there are just evil people out there just looking to take out good people, godly people. And so it's just a big battle. And I just need to, you know, steal myself for the onslaught of evil that uh, is going to just keep coming my way. And so, you know, there's a lot of ways to try to somehow theologically figure out why a loving God lets me suffer like this. And so yeah, when you, when you see a verse like this and it says, and we know, and of course, when Paul says, and we know that then he's saying that with confidence, he's saying that not we presume we suspect we, we hope, hope uh he's saying no we know this to be true uh and so he says that all things work together for the good uh, and those those each of those phrases are important they work together which implies that at the at the front end it may not appear good uh, it has to kind of work together. That means that, you know, all the different varying pieces have to kind of come together and fall into place. And so at the outset, it might not seem like it's good, but if you let things work together and you let time unfold and then you look back and you realize now that everything's fallen into place, well, actually that brought about a lot of good, uh, but it it uh, it can take time. And, it, and oftentimes... Life is complex, and it's not just a real straightforward kind of thing. Uh, this happened, but then that led to that, and then that opened up this opportunity, and then that caused this to happen. And, and as each thing unfolded and worked together, you realize down the line, well, the net result was good. Um, and yeah. so you, you, 
to really be able to apply this verse in part, you have to give it some time. And, uh, you know, in, in the heat of the pain, you've just been laid off. You've just been told that you're not going to get any severance and you got this bill to pay and mortgage payment due. And in the moment, you could say, well, there's nothing good about this. There's no good that's come from this. Well, you have to let it work together. And so that, that takes some time. And it says that, that it all works together for good. It doesn't say it is good. It doesn't say being fired is good. Oh, I love it when I get fired. Uh, I love it when people yeah. slander me and lie about me. Uh, it's not saying those experiences are good. It says that all things work together ultimately to produce good. Uh, but the actual pain, the injustice, the the cruel way that people treated you, that's not a good thing. And it's, it's, They didn't do good stuff to you. Uh, they did evil stuff to you. They did harmful things. It hurt. It's painful. Uh, and so the actual thing that happened may have been painful and evil. And you don't celebrate that. You don't enjoy it. Uh, but you are looking forward to the good that results from it, that comes yeah. out of it ultimately. And so, you know, you, you have to kind of make sure you're clear about that. I know unless you're a masochist uh, <laughs> who just enjoys pain and suffering, uh, you, you can't say that it's good because uh, I don't like that. And uh, some people try to be super spiritual about that. Uh, and I don't see any point here in doing that. I think you can say, no, what he did was bad. It was evil. But I think God's going to work good into it. The result will be good that's produced. But uh, you can't say that people doing evil, harmful things is good. And then it says that they work together for, for, for the good of those who love God. So first of all, if you want this verse to apply to you, you need to love God. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's, it's not saying that unbelievers, uh, when bad things happen, it's going to all turn out for good. And, and I've heard unbelievers say that. I've had unbelievers say, well, it's going to probably, it'll, it'll all work out for good. Well, you know, God didn't promise that. Uh, he yeah. said for people who love him, God is committed to bringing about good, but uh it's not a blanket. That's how God always handles things. Because I know we know of lots of people that have had bad happen, and it's, you're hard pressed to find any good that came from it. It also says, according uh, to those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Uh, so to be called again means that you're a believer. It means that He's called you for His purposes. Again, uh, it doesn't say who's who are called to live the best life you can. It's, it doesn't say for those who are living out their dreams, it's saying when you're called for his purposes, when your life is being lived for his will, uh, for what he values. And, and that's, again, that's a huge qualifier because some people live very selfishly and they reap what they have sown. And then they say, well, I'm sure it'll work out for good. So uh, maybe they, they were a terrible spouse and their spouse finally uh, divorced them and it's painful and hurtful and then they say, but I'm sure it'll work out for good. Well, who's going to do that? You know, yeah. God, God's not going to honor that. You, For one, you don't love him. For two, you're not living your life to fulfill the purposes of God. Uh, you just are selfishly trying to be happy. And so why would God just work every one of your crises out for good? It's basically you're, uh, you're reaping what you've sown. And, and that's just a, a, a biblical principle um, and so it, it says uh, that he's going to work it together for good, ultimately, 
but uh, you have to you have to say, but it's as I'm trying to fulfill God's purposes in my life that I'm going to trust that in time God will work all these different strands in my life that have been painful into something that ends up being good. And, and so, it, but then you have to ask, but so what is the good? I mean, what good is ultimately going to come from the suffering that I've been through? And so it goes on in verse 29 and says, for those he foreknew, in other words, those in, in, in the Bible. Um, Could you just break down the predestination for us? Yeah, I'll just, do that. Just a, just a quick uh, flyby. First there's pre, and then there's <laughs> des, uh, destin. Uh, and so uh, it, it basically says, of course, God knows all of us uh, before we're born, before we exist. He's known us from eternity. Um which of course again speaks uh, uh, much to things like abortion as well, but but it says that because he knew us, and of course for God to know you, uh, he he knows about all of us, but uh, in a biblical sense, for him to know us means that he in, is in some way in relationship with us, and so yeah. to know us in that way means that he's involved with us, he's uh, he's going to be in relationship. So it says for those people. He predestined, in other words, he he had a plan. Before you were ever born, he had a plan for your life. He had a purpose for your life. When you, the day you were born, you began the process of fulfilling the purpose God had for your life, and uh, and you do have one. And and I, unfortunately, for a lot of us, we've been raised not to realize that or to have that uh, uh, encouraged uh, in us. And so we we have such low views of our life. Uh, just earn a living, pay your bills, get just get a job, yeah. um, try to be happy, uh, try to enjoy your weekends. Uh, for a lot of people, there's no sense of real purpose in the way they live. Just do the least you can, make the most you can. Um, but here it's saying God knew you from the beginning of time and he had a purpose for your life. Uh, he chose you for a reason. But then it, he tells you what it is. It says that you would be conformed to the image of his son uh, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So in other words, uh, he he knew you before you were ever born and his plan for your life was to help you become just like Jesus. And so the, the greatest good that you can experience in your life is to be just like Jesus, uh, to reflect him in every way. So the more you become like Jesus, the greater the good it is that you experience. And, uh, and so is it possible that by being fired from your job and suddenly realizing uh, that uh, maybe that you were too prideful, that you were too self-reliant, maybe you weren't praying very much because you had this great job and this great income and you didn't feel like you needed anything. Um, maybe you'd gotten too big for your britches and you were just acting in ways that were alienating people. And then all of a sudden you got fired and God humbled you. And all of a sudden you realized how much you needed prayer, that you were always just one phone call away from a disaster in your life and you needed to live in constant dependence upon God. Um, then all of a sudden a lot of good comes out of that firing. And eventually you get another job, but this time you don't take your job for granted. You don't take people for granted. You don't go around burning bridges in relationships. You learn to pray. You learn to walk with humility. And God is looking at how you're living your life now and saying, wow, a lot of good came out of that. Look how, look how much more like Jesus you are now than you were then. 
And so is it possible that sometimes uh, God does his best work in making you like Jesus through hardship instead of blessing? And, you know, we, we know this in our head. We just don't want to embrace it in our heart. And the fact is or that... Or experience it in our life. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, God, can't you just wave a magic wand and make me more like Jesus? Uh, yeah. Can't you somehow just speak a word and I'm suddenly more humble and and loving and kind and so on. But it, it, but it, he will, by his spirit, help us in that process and he will do a work. But that also involves us uh, embracing his work in our life. And so um, what I found is that, uh, you know, even though we would just like things to just go well for us and to have success and blessing the whole way, that, that often does not produce what, the good is that, that God sees in us. So, you know, I, I think for some people, for instance, um, if you experienced uh, early success and uh, you, you, early on, you just seem to, you know, be the wonder kid and uh, everything you touch turns to gold, that's not necessarily good for your character. It can teach you yeah. pride. It can teach you that you're you're above everyone else, that you're better than everybody else, that everybody needs you, but you don't need them, that you can be demanding and expect that you get paid uh, maybe more than you're actually worth, and uh, it leads to overconfidence. Um, And so sometimes early on, God might just well let you do a face plant uh, early on where you stumble and fall and your, your, your pride takes a hit. And and you, uh, sometimes that can be just the best thing in all the world is early failure, early uh, misstep where you're shaken back to reality and you realize, wow, I've got to be careful. I'm, I'm not nearly as good as I thought I was. Yeah. Um, or sometimes, you know, if, you, if you're in a situation where everybody praises you, everybody tells you how great you are, uh, that's not necessarily good for you. Uh, now, it's nice. It strokes our ego, but you know, we we all know of uh, CEOs and even pastors that were in an echo chamber. I mean, everybody just always told them what they wanted to hear, and so it was great. They never felt the pain of someone criticizing them or challenging what they were doing. But but they also had no way to evaluate if they were on the right track, and nobody to had the courage to speak into their life when they they knew they were headed toward a cliff. And uh, so you know, sometimes we we can be kind of weary of people that oppose us and question us and challenge us and we could say lord why are you letting all this in my life and yet god would say well if if i just let everybody agree with you you'd end up in bad places that and and nobody would have warned you and so yeah i'm going to keep you surrounded by people that it won't always be pleasant but it will keep you on your toes and make you think and evaluate where you are I just wanted to take a few minutes to highlight one of the many resources at blackabystore.org. This is where we house all of uh, Blackaby material. And the one I want to talk about today is the Blackaby Study Bible. Uh, This study Bible gives you the results of the Blackaby family's approach to Bible study and encourages you to be available for an encounter with God in His Word. Unique notes and articles throughout the Bible give you guidance for experiencing dramatic, life-changing God encounters on a daily basis. It's on sale now for $35. You can pick up your copy at blackabystore.org. Links will be in the show notes.
Uh, and you know, some people, it just seems like they have an easy road. It just seems like the pathway to success for them. It's just, you know, I, I've talked to some folks and boy, it just seemed like success was almost handed to them. Uh, I've, I've literally known people that just, you know, started working for someone and the owner just gave them a sweet deal and let them take over the company. And all of a sudden here's a guy just hiring on working hourly. And the next thing you know, he's, he owns the company and, and, or he just opened up a product and it just happened to come out at uh, this the perfect time and sales are through the roof and they're making a fortune. And, and we look at some of those people and say, wow, it just seemed like they hardly had to work at it and success just came to them or they inherited a bunch of money or they just got a, someone they knew just gave them a really cushy kind of executive job. And, uh, and we all think well, that'd be great, but that kind of thing doesn't necessarily grow our character. Yeah. It doesn't make us like Christ. Uh, easy roads uh, can make us flabby, uh, can make us careless, uh, just uh, a little too self-absorbed. And we don't understand the the growth that comes from pain and struggle and sacrifice. Uh, and so for all those things, I would say uh, if your road isn't easy, don't assume it's that God doesn't love you. It might be just the opposite. God may yeah. be saying, I love you too much to let you become spiritually flabby uh, and, uh, and careless. And, and sometimes uh, there, I know there's people that just, uh, they seem to lose things, like they lose their job, they might lose their health for a time, they might lose relationships. There, there are some people whose life has been characterized by loss. And then there's others that it seems like they haven't lost anything. They just, they're just, accumulating their whole life and uh and i found uh that you know we've talked about this before uh my wife and i feel like we we grew up in kind of uh relatively poor families and uh uh didn't have much but in, in one sense and so we were often kind of jealous of people that seemed like they had a lot nice house and always new clothes and great vacations and so on but uh i found that uh, you know, sometimes when you've always had everything you want, uh, you don't necessarily appreciate it. You don't value it. Yeah. It's, uh, you may, you know, if, if it's just one of a hundred different exotic vacations you've been on, it's just another trip. But if you haven't had much or you've lost things in the past and you, you, you come to appreciate what you have. Uh, and, uh, and then I just find, uh, that just oftentimes, Christ likeness just tends to come from adversity. Uh, think about Jesus. Um, I've, I've asked in in previous times: Can you be Christ-like and not experience a cross? Uh, to be like Jesus means that you have experiences like Jesus had. He was betrayed. Uh, he was uh, disappointed in people that promised to be there for him and then they weren't. Um, and uh, there, you know, he had a cross. He was unjustly accused. Uh, he was cruelly treated and uh, harmed and hurt. And uh, he had no place to lay his head. No place to lay his head. And yet, uh, and so that we we say that we want to be like Jesus. Uh, you know, he, he was uh, spit upon, uh, slapped, beaten, mocked, ridiculed, um, and he didn't retaliate. He didn't act angrily, didn't feel sorry for himself. Um, and then we're told, now you be like Jesus. And unfortunately, we kind of have a Western world, sort of first world 
approach to that. We've turned that into a health and wealth gospel. Yeah. But it's not it's not based on how Jesus lived his life. He he didn't even have clothes uh, to leave in his inheritance uh, or, or his will. Um, he he didn't even you know couldn't even be born in in a normal bed or a normal house and so um, they're just we we say he's our model that we want to be like Christ but then everything that he went through we resent if we experience it ourselves. Yeah, I think I think so often we um, you know we want all the nice things we want the character of Jesus we want you know to be like Christ without the hardship and um, you know this verse really shows that. Uh, I think it's through that hardship that we uh, are like Christ. So maybe just uh, just in closing, uh, Richard, what, what are some some last thoughts on on this? And um, you know, how should we as leaders uh, really sort of look at hard times that that uh, it's difficult to see the good, uh, and 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 uh, it's difficult to see how this actually helps us uh, in the moment, but. You know, knowing ultimately that it will, um, you know, what can we do to to prepare our hearts uh, for that difficulty? Yeah, I I think one you you just have to settle it that God loves you and that whatever He brings into your life, He's doing it out of love. It can be confusing, and at the front end, you just say, "Well, how can a loving God ever desire for me to lose my job, to be lied about that way, to be fired unjustly?" Uh, and you just say that's just evil. That's God's not the author of evil. He's not, yeah. you know, He's not causing people to treat me cruelly. But would God allow me? Would He leave me in that place? Um, would He allow? Would He take His hand of protection off me so that people could do some things uh, toward me that that were hurtful? And and He He would. And biblically, there's He did that with His own Son. But uh, re- but remember His his purpose. His purpose is not for you to have a comfortable life. His purpose is for you to be like Jesus. And so you have to ask yourself, well, what would make me more like Jesus? Everybody praising me and appreciating me, or maybe betraying me and forsaking me. And uh, that's why, you know, it's, it's often been said, don't waste a good crisis. If, if God is going to allow something in your life that, uh, has the potential to humble you, to make you cry out to God in prayer and, dependence upon him don't instead become bitter and angry and get into a major pity party and become nothing like jesus as a result yeah uh but rather say if god knew that i needed this experience in my life if he allowed me to go through this then uh what good did he intend to bring from this and Mm. just just focus on the good and and like i said it doesn't mean that what's happening to you is good but it means that he knows that much good can result ultimately from this if you handle it right, if you handle it, process yeah. it the way he wants you to. So uh, so you may be going through a difficult time right now, and it just seems unjust. It makes you angry. You feel like you need to defend yourself and maybe fight back. And yet, um, and you know, you, you need to go to God to see what he wants you to do. But it could well be that... The key is how you come out of this. Not that you get back on your feet. Not that you get a job that's even better than the job you had before. Not that you are making more money than you were the last place that fired you. What matters is that when the dust settles, you end up being more like Jesus than you were before. More forgiving, more loving, uh, more thoughtful, uh, more humble. And so 
is that how you're handling the situations in your life right now? And are you just letting God help interpret for you the circumstances he's letting come in your life? And, and just make sure you keep a long enough perspective. If you just look at today, you, you may be hard-pressed to find a lot of good. Uh, you need to look back over the last year or two, and then you start to see, wow, you know, God did take me to some deep places, and I've been praying like I never have before. And I, yeah. I have a compassion for people that are treated unjustly like I never had before. And I just feel like I'm just, I'm, there's a depth to my walk with God I didn't have before. And you know what? If that's, if that's what God allow, did through the suffering I went through, then you know, I, I, I am beginning to see that there is a lot of good. So unfortunately, in this difficult world in which we live, it's inevitable that we'll, we will come face to face with evil, with uh, harm and with pain. That's inevitable. It, it shouldn't catch us by surprise. But when it comes, can you surrender your life fully to God and say, but God, only you can take these difficult situations in my life and bring good from them. And so just show me what you're doing this good and I'll embrace it and one day I'll even be grateful that yeah. uh, you did that work in my life. Good. Well, it's a good good reminder to to know that there's only, certain things can only happen through difficulty, and uh, we we don't like it at the time, but you know, in hindsight, it is something that that was a benefit ultimately. And so, yeah. appreciate you walking us through uh, this very famous passage in Romans. And uh, until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.